It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Shane Beamer and South Carolina's football staff have become notorious for going on successful mid-year recruiting runs, and it looks like they're getting ready to go on another one. You are Locked On Gamecocks, your daily podcast on the South Carolina Gamecocks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Gamecock Nation, and welcome back to the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, your show for the latest headlines and potential storylines on South Carolina Gamecock athletics. I'm Andrew Lyon, the host of this podcast, and also a staff writer for Gamecocks Digest over on SI.com. Thank you for making Locked On Gamecocks your first listen or watch here today. We are free and available on YouTube and wherever you get your audio podcasts daily. Shane Beamer and South Carolina's football program have done quite well on the recruiting trail so far in the 2024 recruiting cycle. And this, of course, has continuously progressed throughout Shane Beamer's time in Columbia. The Gamecocks had the 24th best overall class in 2022, and this past recruiting cycle finished as the 16th best recruiting class according to 24-7 Sports Composite Rankings. The Gamecocks have a chance to be even better in 2024, but each of these classes have had one reoccurring theme. They have had massive successful stretches throughout the summertime period, and it looks like Shane Beamer and his staff, based on some of the Twitter activity from Monday night, could be getting ready to go on another one, with this one starting a little bit earlier than usual. So let's get into some of those tweets that were posted because Shane Beamer posted two welcome home tweets on Tuesday night. The first one was posted at 8.51 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, and this was immediately followed by a crystal ball prediction from 24-7 Sports National Recruiting Analyst Brian Don for Maryland offensive line prospect Mike Williams. And then just 10 minutes after all of this went down, Mike Williams himself then went on to Twitter and posted, quote, big announcement tomorrow at 12 p.m., assuming Eastern Daylight Time. And of course, that is 12 p.m. now today. So not really a whole lot to read into this one. It's looking pretty likely that Mike Williams will be the next commit to join South Carolina's 2024 recruiting class. This is coming off of a very successful visit between South Carolina and Mike Williams as he came down to Columbia for South Carolina's spring game this past weekend and stayed for multiple days and posted a lot on Twitter. And it looked like that Mike Williams had a really good time. He also told Sports Talk Media Network's Phil Kornblut in an interview he did coming off of his visit this weekend, quote, right now, South Carolina is in the lead. So again, not really a whole lot to dive into in terms of trying to psychoanalyze a certain tweet or anything like that. It seems like Mike Williams is going to be the next commit, and it's only a matter of a couple hours, depending on when you're listening or watching to today's show, when that is going to happen. Shane Beamer then posted another welcome home tweet at 10.33 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. And after this tweet, 
Dante Reno, the Gamecocks 2024 quarterback commit, followed up this week by saying, quote, another one. Practice is going to be fun against this one, hinting that this commit is a defensive player. Now, you combine this with a prior crystal ball prediction by Brian Don of 24-7 Sports for Braden Lee, a cornerback also out of Charles Herbert Flowers School, to go to South Carolina, and the common sense thought that Dylan Stewart, as much as Gamecock fans would love for this to be him, is likely not going to make a decision until the latter portion of the summer. It seems likely that the Gamecocks are going to get two DMV commits sometime in the near future. These two potential commits over the coming days from Mike Williams and Braden Lee would signify two different things. Firstly, I mentioned Charles Herbert Flowers School. That is the school that both of these guys currently reside at right now. And this school is quickly becoming a pipeline school for the South Carolina Gamecocks. South Carolina already has Desmond Romeo Zulu on campus. And obviously, he was one of the biggest recruiting wins for the Gamecocks in the 2023 cycle. But the Gamecocks also have Maurice Brown II, who I believe is a walk-on tight end that they got also from Charles Herbert Flowers School. So obviously... If the Gamecocks do end up getting both Mike Williams and Braden Lee, that would make it four players from the same school. I don't know any other high school currently that South Carolina has that many players from their football program. So, obviously, this is a great, great connection for Shane Beamer and this staff to create in the DMV region. As it's quite obvious, Charles Herbert Flowers trots out a lot of Division I FBS-level talent. Here's the other thing that these two commits could signify. The summer run of commits is coming sooner rather than later. Obviously, based on the way I've been saying summer run, these recruiting stretches have usually taken place during the month of June and maybe gotten started a little bit early in the month of May. But... South Carolina getting Mike Williams and Braden Lee in this class could end up starting the stretch a little bit earlier with guys that the Gamecocks are in great position for right now. Guys like running back Anthony Scuda Carey, who we talked about in great detail on our Tuesday show. If you haven't listened or watched that one. Gamecocks also are in great position for Kelvin Hunter, another in-state prospect from West Florence High School. South Carolina's also in great position with North Carolina prospect Jonathan Paler and Mississippi native Daniel Hill. They are definitely in the lead for all four of these guys and could wind up seeing this exact group be the next group of commits to their program. And of course, that's not including other guys like Justin Green and Dylan Stewart on the defensive line. You got a Parker Livingston at wide receiver. And you've also got a Peyton Lewis at running back, whom the Gamecocks have done a great job with up to this point. So the Gamecocks are still in contention for plenty of other guys that they might lead for, but it's not maybe as much of a gap as it is with the players I just mentioned a couple moments ago. So South Carolina, it looks like they are getting ready to once again light the Twitterverse on fire with this upcoming stretch on the recruiting calendar. And it's a good thing that South Carolina is doing this, especially with the offensive line, because South Carolina's offensive line unit 
might not be so great in 2023. And we're going to dive into why that might be the case. What might be signaling that in just a couple moments right here on Locked on Gamecocks. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. Now, Major League Baseball's season has officially gotten underway. We're now a couple of weeks in. And if you're somebody who's watching this podcast right now, you are very likely a big-time Atlanta Braves fan, or at least I hope you are. I certainly do not hope that you're a fan of the New York Mets or the Philadelphia Phillies. The Braves are on an absolute tear right now. They're on the longest winning streak in all of baseball. Matt Olson is a big reason why. He's already hit six home runs in, I believe, just 19 or 20 games to start the season, which is a pretty good start for the Braves' first baseman. And Right now on FanDuel, Matt Olson's actually listed with plus 1,000 odds to be the regular season home run leader in, I believe, all of Major League Baseball. And if you place a bet on that special prop bet right now, you get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win on this bet either way. So again, don't miss your chance to get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash on to sign up. FanDuel is an official betting partner of Major League Baseball. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Welcome back to this Wednesday edition of the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast, where we cover your South Carolina Gamecocks every single day, with new shows being released at 3 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time, wherever you get your audio podcasts, and 8 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time on YouTube. The South Carolina Gamecocks look to be in some trouble at the offensive line position. Now, we talked about this a little bit coming out of South Carolina's Garner and Black spring game. I listed it actually as my biggest concern for this team now going into the summer and obviously as we transition closer to fall camp. But with some of the recent activity in the portal, I'm now even a little bit more concerned regarding this. And I'll dive into my deeper reasoning on that in just a moment. But first, the new offer in the transfer portal went to Tulsa right tackle Jaden Muskrat. Now, Jaden has offers from teams like Auburn, Penn State, Virginia Tech, Arkansas, Cincinnati, Purdue, and some others as well. And he started 12 games at right tackle for the Golden Hurricanes this past season. So this is a kid that's got starting experience at the FBS level on the offensive line. So where exactly am I going with this? Why is this maybe a bad sign? Well, here's why I think this offer to Jay Muskrat, no offense to him, is a bad sign. When looking at Jay Muskrat's PFF or Pro Football Focus grades from the 2022 season, Jaden had a run blocking grade of 61.3 for the season, while he had a pass blocking grade of 61.8. Now, in the run blocking aspect, 
Jaden had four games with a grade of 64 or higher. In the pass blocking aspect, he had five games with a grade of 72.3 or higher. Now, that statistic right there might sound pretty good if you're a South Carolina fan. You might hear that number and you might think to yourself that that proves that we should probably go and get this guy and bring him to our roster. But here's the thing. When looking at these games that Jada Muskrat did such a good job in terms of pass blocking, he was facing opponents that had a combined record of 27 and 45. Essentially, Jada Muskrat did good. But he was feasting on some pretty bad competition in those five games. Now, Jaden had a pretty stark contrast in terms of his pass blocking, as he also had five games with a grade of 50 or lower, which is not very good on Pro Football Focus's overall grading scale. And those games, specifically, were against opponents with a combined record of 44-22 and 22 in 2022. So essentially, when the Golden Hurricanes were facing some legitimate competition on their schedule, Jaden Muskrat could not hold up in pass blocking. It was the opposite when they were facing lesser competition on their schedule. So what these numbers tell me is... That Jaden is a transfer portal lineman that teams, quite honestly, are reaching for because they need players. I do not believe that Jaden Muskrat is some diamond in the rough for a major Power 5 college football program. And that's why it concerns me that South Carolina has dispensed an offer to him along with the other programs because it's clear that other programs like Arkansas, especially Virginia Tech, and a couple of those other schools, they are desperate for help. And right now, the transfer portal market at this position is pretty barren. That's what this tells me. So you now relate this back to South Carolina's current offensive line situation. Jalen Nichols, again, went down with a lower body injury. I believe it was a left knee injury, more specifically, in the spring game this past Saturday night. It did not look good. He had to be helped off the field. He eventually was spotted having an immobilizer brace being put over his left knee, watching the game on ESPN+. And there's been some rumblings that have come out since then that the injury is not good that Jalen Nichols could actually miss the entire 2023 season. Again, that is speculation right now. Nothing has been officially reported on that, but that's just what's going through the grapevine in Columbia right now. Tyshawn Wanamaker, we did not really talk about him specifically on our spring game recap show on the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast, but to be honest with y'all, thinking back to the spring game, Tyshawn Wanamaker was a bit inconsistent in his pass blocking. He had multiple times going up against guys like Brian Thomas Jr., a guy that has not been in the program as long as Tyshawn Wanamaker has. I believe this is now his third season in the program, going into his third season. And Brian Thomas Jr. just whipped Wanamaker at certain times. And there were some other edge defenders that got the upper hand against Tyshawn Wanamaker as well. Now, Wanamaker came into South Carolina raw in pass blocking. And I think the coaching staff knew this. His strength is run blocking. That's pretty clear. It's part of the reason why he plays right tackle instead of, say, left guard or left tackle. But it's a bit concerning that, yes, in just a spring game, 
he had that much trouble against some of his defensive line teammates. Because South Carolina could already be in a quadri at left tackle. They do not need to be in a quadri at right tackle as well in regards to pass blocking. That leads me to Nick Gargiulo. There's been a lot of discussion that Nick Gargiulo will likely play at left guard or center for this team in 2023. I'm going to go ahead and throw this out there. I am not going to be surprised if Nick Gargiulo actually winds up playing left tackle for South Carolina now. Nick Gargiulo, I went back and looked at his pro football focus grades when he was at Yale and he was playing left tackle before he moved to center for the Bulldogs in 2022. He was constantly grading out in the 70s and 80s when it came to pass blocking. Now, I know what some of you are going to say. Andrew, he was not facing the athletes in the Ivy League that he's going to face in the SEC. And you know something? I can't fight against that. You're absolutely correct on that. But my retort to that would be this. What other options do the Gamecocks really have in that regard? You could maybe put Ja'Kai Moore out there if you think he would be better able to handle those responsibilities. But Ja'Kai Moore has also been a bit inconsistent throughout his career. We don't really know fully what we're going to get out of him. And Nick Gargiulo's dog mentality could be what the Gamecocks need at that spot. You're certainly not going to put a true freshman Marky Anderson out there at left tackle. I can tell you that right now. That's not the position for him to play if he winds up playing in year one, unless you just reach a disastrous point where multiple guys are hurt and you've got no other options. So again, to put it bluntly, South Carolina has got a real mess on their hands right now on the offensive line. It's not really this coaching staff's fault. It's not really all the players' fault. But South Carolina, in my opinion, is not in a great spot right now at this position group. I think that the offer to Jaden Muskrat from Tulsa, no offense to him, confirms that notion. So, South Carolina's offensive linemen, they're currently on the roster. They're going to have to do a lot over the next few months to get better prepared for the upcoming season because South Carolina's season expectations could solely lie on this position group progressing and not falling off after losing such experienced starters like Eric Douglas, Dylan Wonham, and Javon Gwynn from this past season. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months, or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. All right, now let's get back into some recruiting, and let's talk about an intriguing new rule that the NCAA just passed down a few days ago and how it's going to affect South Carolina. So there was a new rule implemented by the NCAA back on, I believe, April the 13th was when they officially passed this that states that recruits are no longer going to be limited to five official visits, which obviously is the current limit that they have installed right now. Now, the sort of supplementary points to this rule are recruits can only take one official visit per school unless there's a coaching change, then they can take another visit, and schools are still only permitted to have 56 official visitors 
per recruiting cycle. So you can't just basically have all the top 100 prospects in the country all flock over to your campus. You cannot do anything like that. You still have to be a little bit selective if you're a major college football coaching staff. But my main take is this. With this new rule, South Carolina is now going to be even more dangerous on the recruiting trail than they even are right now. Because here's the thing. South Carolina's coaching staff has already proven that they possess the ability to identify talent early on, create a relationship with them, get them on campus multiple times, and that by the time they get to the summer before their senior season of high school football, South Carolina has essentially almost got that prospect completely locked in and ready to join their recruiting class and eventually join their football program. With this new rule now, South Carolina's coaching staff will not only be able to just do that, but they will now also be able to get in a little bit later on certain prospects because now the Gamecocks are no longer going to be hindered by the five official visit limit for these prospects. Now, could this also work admittedly against South Carolina where certain prospects that are interested in them all of a sudden have the attention of another school who talks to them a little bit and then that prospect sits there and decides, you know something, I am a little bit intrigued by X school. I do think I now want to take another official visit to that place. Yeah, I could see that happening. There's going to be some give and take, but all in all, I don't think that South Carolina is a school any longer, at least as of this moment, that has to greatly worry about certain prospects doing that kind of thing. Because Shane Beamer and this coaching staff, they have done a great job to this point of identifying who their main targets are for each cycle. And for the most part, unless certain things change with a prospect or maybe somebody gets taken off their board for a miscellaneous reason, they stick with those guys through thick and thin all the way to the very end. And now, South Carolina, if they could continue to progress on the field, if they could continue to win some of these big recruiting battles, if they get a guy, say, like Dylan Stewart, that is going to make it more and more likely that guys that originally under the old rule, would have not taken one of their five official visits to South Carolina, they might look at South Carolina now and go, you know something, I think I know where I want to go, but I can take any official visit that I want to. Why don't I go see what everything's all about in Columbia? And then Shane Beamer and his staff have a golden opportunity to roll out the red carpet for said prospect and his family and his friends and teammates and show them the absolute best aspects of the city of Columbia, the Log Football Family Operations Center, the coaching staff, the environment, the team, everything you could possibly imagine. I think that South Carolina is a team that is going to do even better on the recruiting trail now with this kind of rule. If this was the South Carolina of 2020, per se, I think that this would be a rule that would hurt South Carolina. But because of what Shane Beamer and his coaching staff have done with this program, how they have elevated the image and perception so quickly, I don't think that's the case any longer. I now think that these rules are going to stand to help South Carolina even more so. 
So with that being said, y'all, that is going to do it for today's show of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. I hope y'all thoroughly enjoyed today's show, as always. What are your thoughts on everything that took place on Tuesday night? And if South Carolina could potentially be landing Mike Williams and Braden Lee in the near future, do you think that their big-time mid-year recruiting run is about to get underway? Let me know your thoughts on that and all the other topics I discussed on today's show down below in the comments section if you watch today's show on YouTube. Or if you listen to today's show on an audio podcast app, you can shoot me a direct message on Twitter at A-Line underscore SC, and I'll try to respond to your comment as quickly as I see it. And once again, thank you to all of the everydayers for making the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast your first watch or listen every single day. If you're interested in catching future shows with Locked On Gamecocks podcast, be sure to subscribe and click the bell on YouTube. Give us a follow wherever you get your audio podcasts daily. And you can also follow the Locked On Gamecocks podcast on both Twitter at Locked On Capital SC and on Facebook by just searching Locked On Gamecocks podcast. But once again, that does it for me on today's show. Have a great rest of your Wednesday, and I will catch y'all on the next show of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.